unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. You can have the greatest product, the greatest headline, the greatest targeting, the greatest offer, and the greatest price. But you know it's going to torpedo your entire promotion in a New York minute? It's this. If your prospect doesn't believe you. Believability is the pass-fail test every ad must pass in order to work. Period. But that's not the end of the story. In today's Old Masters episode, we draw on the considerable wisdom of a great old master, John Caples, and a new book, well, new to me, it's been around for 60 years, recommended Hmm. on Twitter by a current copywriting master and friend of the show, Doug Deanna. Now, unlike the classic Caples book, Tested Advertising Methods, this book is readily available on Amazon for the low, low price of $8.86. And the Kindle is even less. It's called Making Ads Pay. Looks like this. And it's worth far more than the asking price. In this book, Caples has a whole chapter on making ads believable. We're going to talk about that today. First, though, I'd like to talk about something else. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review before you write and after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. I just want to say when this book was written, Caples is, I I think this was like 50, 60 years ago. The importance of believability now is even more because people's BS detectors have increased. People have been told every single lie under the sun we've seen, especially with digital marketing. It's almost impossible to keep up with the the claims and regulations with everybody advertising on Twitter and Facebook and, and YouTube. So believability now and people's skepticism now is way more emphasized than it was even when this book was written. So it was important then. It's even more important today. Yeah, great point. And the good news is the techniques that worked then are the same as the ones that work now. It's not time specific. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, book was written in the 50s. Cars had big fins on them. These days, no cars, new cars have fins on them that I know of. So styles change, but certain things about human communication are pretty much eternal. Okay, so let me uh, start with something in the first chapter. Cables quotes BBDO Vice President Keith Kimball with this definition of what makes a good ad. He says, a good advertisement is a believable promise to the right audience. I'm going to repeat that. It's, it's just as good as it gets. 
a good advertisement is a believable promise to the right audience. And Caples also says it's the best he's ever heard. He says that in the book. Now, as I said before, there's an entire chapter on making ads believable, and it has 10 different ways to do it. What we're going to focus on today is just one of those ways, because within this one way, there are so many variations, so many applications to use it. And it's real simple, and people miss out on this all the time. So we'll take a deep dive and look at them. So this one way that we're going to divide into nine categories is called be specific. And again, it sounds simple enough until you start to dig in a little bit. In this chapter, on this one first point, because he has 10 different ways to do it, and we're just talking about one of those ways and 10, nine different applications of one of those ways. In this chapter, at the beginning, he tells a story of, so the chapter is about believability and being specific is one of the 10 ways. And in the part about being specific, he says, he talks about an ad about retirement for a very low monthly cost. And Capel says he didn't believe the headline until he dug into reading the copy and that changed his mind after he read the copy. How did the copy accomplish this change in my attitude? He asks, he says, answer, by including a lot of specific facts and figures, specifics. Okay, so we're gonna break down how to use specifics in copy in three different categories today. Along the way, we will also bring in some other old masters, including a friend and admired colleague of mine who passed away just last year. I'll um, have an open loop as to who that is until I tell you. But let's start with the first category, which is personal experiences and how you describe personal experiences throughout your copy, especially the personal emotional reactions people have to events that occur in their lives and their own thoughts about themselves. So let's mm -hmm. take a look at a few examples. Okay. So the first kind of personal experience is frustrations. You know, people have an intense interest in their own frustrations. And if you know what these frustrations are and can describe them with a little convincing detail, people think that you know what's going on and are open to whatever, and then they're open to whatever else you have to say. Vague generalizations about frustrations don't register. So compare these two examples. First one, people get frustrated when things don't work right. Yeah, so what's that about? Now let's do a specific one. Jane gets frustrated when she's giving a presentation and her internet goes out for 10 minutes during a Zoom meeting. She loses her place and comes across as unprepared and that embarrasses her, right? Okay, again, first one, people get frustrated when things don't work right. Second one, we're, we're stepping into Jane's world a little bit. There's a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so another thing to get specific about is fears. And let's talk about the difference between fears and frustration. In some cases, frustrations are only mental, but fears are visceral. You can feel the fear in your body. Sometimes you're shaking. Sometimes there's this queasy feeling. Your stomach is upset. 
fears have added importance. And in his great book, Triggers, another old master, Joe Sugarman says, describe in detail the problems your product overcomes. The more problems you describe, the more of an expert you become. That's about the best reason I can think of to be specific about fears and being really skilled in describing them. If you're an expert, they will take your advice. They will look up to you and they will be more likely to buy what you are offering them. Let's, let's look at a couple quick examples here. First, about fears. People worry that their problems might get worse. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> and, right? Second one, Frank's worried he'll be passed over for a promotion because his skills aren't up to date. And if he doesn't get the promotion, he won't be able to afford his daughter's college tuition. Now, Nathan, you're a father. I don't know if, if Bell is about to go to college. I know getting a promotion doesn't exactly fit in the world of an entrepreneur, but can you relate to that second one? Does it kind of perk up your ears a little bit? Yeah. What it reminds me of is if you keep eating like that, you might get diabetes. Okay. That's a vague threat. If you get diabetes, you, it could affect your blood pressure. It might increase your chances of getting terminal illnesses. You might have to have your legs amputated. You might die 15 years early. Okay, you've got me convinced I'm going to stop eating this way. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about our specifics and specific consequences, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so in this first category of personal experiences, the third one is annoyances. And it's true, annoyances may not pack as big an emotional punch as frustrations or fears, but don't count them out because we're not always talking about emotional impact here. We're also talking about just believability. And the nitty gritty of life is something that makes a message more believable. Now, as copywriters, okay, I'll admit it, we must admit it, we like big ideas. We like big promises, big promotions, and of course, big paychecks. All good, but don't miss the trees for the forest. Don't miss the branches or the leaves or the veins in the leaves either. So we've got an app that we're selling, hypothetically, as an example here. And let's see how getting specific about annoyance can add texture and familiarity and yes, believability to a piece. First one, this software fixes math problems. Yeah, all right, good. I guess any calculator can do that. Um, no more wasted time hunting for the calculator app when you suddenly need to figure out a tip or split a bill. Okay, I, I can relate to that. You got five people at a table and you agreed to split a $150 check and maybe you're going to you're, you're the type of people where everyone wants to pay exactly what they ordered because one person ordered, you know, the bottle of wine, drank the whole thing himself or whatever. So no more wasted time hunting for a calculator app. That's an annoyance, right? And mm -hmm. and this, this sounds like a, a good one. I think you wanted to say something about people's beliefs about themselves. Yeah, so we covered personal experiences in a, a mostly outward point of view, what they believe about the world and 
kind of painting that picture. But a lot of times when people don't buy, it's because they believe something about themselves. And I think that it might, it might be a good mental exercise to kind of drill down on the things people believe about themselves that keep them from, from buying and address those in a similar method to how we addressed some of the outward things in this section of the show. Right. So you could say, you know, when you're lacking confidence because you don't have this skill, you're, you're hesitant to try X or Y. And all of a sudden the person goes, yeah, that's me. Dang, mm-hmm. I really ought to do something about that. Cool. All right. Let's go to the second category of things you can be more specific about to get believability. And that's life day in, day out. Have you ever heard someone make this complaint? If you only knew what I have to go through every day. Well, <laughs> hidden in that complaint, I'm going to tell you, is a promise. And that promises big rewards to the person who does know what you go through every day. All right. So let's take a look at three different ways you can cash in on these pinpoint descriptions of the details of daily life for your prospect. First one is zero in on that life, zero in on the life of your prospect. So the old master who unfortunately passed last year was Brian Keith Wiles. And he spoke at my copywriting. I admired the guy, great colleague, respected him a lot. Very creative person. 20 years ago at my breakthrough copywriting seminar in Las Vegas, he described an exercise he goes through, which is as valid today as it was back then. He said, imagine your prospect's day, moment by moment. When do they get up? What do they do after they get up? Do they have a wife or husband, kids, pets? What do they have for breakfast? And on and on throughout the entire day. It's good to get those, know those everyday life details you can include sparingly in your copy. I was watching a morning show yesterday and the host, who's, you know, quite a dramatic character, said, well, I don't know if you heard what I said because you might have been eating your Captain Crunch or Crunch Berries and boy, those are really good, but they make it all, all the crunching sound makes it a little hard to hear. So let me repeat this again. Well, that, yeah, silly, fun, playful. Also, um, yeah, he knows about my life. I eat Captain Crunch for breakfast. Not me, but a lot of people do. Okay, now let's let's look at some other examples. Now, this one's also about breakfast. And the first one, Camellia's life is rich with family, but starved for alone time. The second one, Camilla starts every morning by making herself a cafe con leche before rushing to wake up her kids for school and make their lunches. She wishes she had more time to herself. Those details are not earth-shaking or highly revealing, but they do give your prospect a much better sense that you know their lives. Playing with different AI copywriting personas, one thing that I see over and over is people say, well, just tell your persona it's a world-class copywriter, it knows direct response copywriter, and it's also an expert in whatever subject matter, which does okay, but I found that taking this tip and being like, you're 
a world-class copywriter and you're an expert in X and you come from Florida and you were brought up in Fort Lauderdale, but you came from a middle-class family and you went to this high school and you drive a Tesla, but you also wear screen printed t-shirts and, and, and giving it more details like that. You wake up at 11 o'clock rather than five o'clock giving it those details does the same thing. It, it gives it a lot more depth and a, a lot more personality to the writing style. So this same rule works for the avatar that you're writing for, as well as to the customer that you're writing to. Yeah, that's really good. It, and, you know, it makes me remember something. I don't know who said it. Great quote. And maybe I'm the one who came up with it. I really don't know, but it is we think in generalities, but we live our life in details. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk now about another way of daily life. And, and it's, it's a result story, a case study. And it, it can make all the difference between believable and gloss over. And let's bring in old master Joe Sugarman in the Adweek copywriting handbook. He says, facts woven into the story make it real so here are two really 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 short case studies to compare side by side for a weight loss product first one a customer followed our plan and lost a lot of weight with the product <laughs> all right second one james lost 22 pounds by cutting out late night snacking like stress eating potato chips while he was watching the news case studies with just enough detail are very believable Okay, to be fair, watching the news can cause you to stress eat potato chips. Oh yeah, we're not we're not blaming James, but if he could find a way to overcome that urge, <laughs> might might lose 22 pounds, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Now let's talk about another thing, transformation. Transformation is a very powerful promise. But the thing about transformation that makes it tricky in the specificity department is the nature of transformations themselves. They're often huge, momentous, life-changing, if not physically, then emotionally. And it's easy to get swept away in the grandeur of the change. But it's a mistake not to focus on the small stuff at all. Ted Nicholas said it very well, the late Ted Nicholas, another old master, great copywriter, spoke with him a couple times from the stage, shared the platform, met him a few times, great guy. In his book, Magic Words That Bring You Riches, he said, you need factual descriptions. Potential customers can feel, hear, see, touch, and taste when they read your message. Trigger their emotions with facts. That's, that's a really good point. A lot of people think you need to have these over-the-top adjectives to trigger emotions, but good facts can do a much better job that, that feels more congruent and, and organic to the person who's having those emotions. So these facts can be the specific details that make it real for your reader. Let's see how this works. We have an app. The app brings new light to your finances. Two, before she learned to use the expense tracking app, Eva had no idea what was going on in her checking account and kept getting hit with penalties. 
But once she started using the app, she was able to avoid more than $800 in overdraft fees in six months. I feel like a financial wizard, she says. In the second example, you can really see how Eva's life has changed, or at least how she thinks it has. Hmm. What I love about all of these is that they're using stories rather than just exposition. Exposition, just telling you the facts. This app brings new light to your finances. Snore. But by bringing in these stories, you give me the shut up and take my money response and just a slight plug for David Garfinkel's new story code book. If you want to get a bunch of very useful stories that you can integrate into your copy, take what you're learning in this episode plus what you learn in that book and you're going to have a edge against all the other copywriters out there. The persuasion story code. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, let's move to our third category now, which is to get specific in benefits, in the benefits of your offer. And this is another area where we as copywriters fall down, all of us do to some degree, from time to time, when we start to list benefits. It's totally understandable. And here's why. The excitement of benefits is at one end of the spectrum, and the nitty-gritty details seem to live at the opposite end of the spectrum. But I want you to imagine a world where excitement and details hold hands together and say, why can't we all just get along? What a great image, huh? Okay, here are three ways to keep benefits specific. One, specifics in bullet points. You know the old saying, sell the sizzle, not the steak? Mm -hmm. Well, that's only good up to a point. A diner with experience will also want to know what kind of steak. I bring this up because often in our bullet points, we can get so caught up in this excitement of benefits we're describing, we end up sounding like hypsters rather than skilled salespeople. Just remember what Gene Schwartz said in Breakthrough Advertising. When you describe a benefit, do it in specifics. Don't leave it up in the air. Okay, so... Let's look at a couple versions of the same bullet point. I guess I must have been really hungry when I was writing this because here's another food one. <laughs> <laughs> one, a truly personalized food system. Two, this app automatically creates a custom meal plan for you, tailored to your unique nutritional needs and food preferences. Do you ever go back and check your bullet points for detail and see where you need to add detail? Have you ever done that? I don't know if I've consciously done it, but now that we've gone through this, I think I'm going to make more of a point to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a difference. You know, there's so much emphasis on mystery and intrigue and blind bullet points. And there's a difference between giving away the store, just, you know, spelling out all the features, which you don't want to do, and making it so mysterious and uh, uncertain that a person isn't even grasping the, the value of the benefits. So mm -hmm. you have to find a happy medium there. Okay. Okay, here's another one, statistics. For most people, and certainly for prospects, numbers by themselves can be meaningless and actually brain numbing. They're, they're just abstractions, but numbers 
in context can be very powerful and can provide the kind of detail that make your claims believable. So another old master here, David Ogilvy, in his book, Ogilvy on Advertising, he said, give people a fact or figure they can grasp and their receptiveness grows. Mm. Since often we use numbers in copywriting to talk about results, I'm going to beat the dead horse one more time. You need to be careful here. The regulators are as active today in 2024 as they've ever been. If you're following what the FTC is doing, you know what I mean. So you may want to add a disclaimer when you're using a number for a result, and you may even want to hire a lawyer to review your copy. It's not a terrible idea if the lawyer knows direct response copy. With that in mind, here are a couple of benefit statements to compare. Our one, our app helps people improve their body composition results for the better. Okay. Eh. Two, after using our app, Oliver dropped his BMI from 28 to 23 over the course of six months. Okay. That's different, right? Of course. It's more convincing. An important point to note is that the numbers in that example are easy to grasp. 28, 23, 6. People mm -hmm. often clutter up statistics. Too many numbers, confusing charts and graphs, just lots of shorthand, and that's not good for quick understandability. I'm going to add also, I see a lot of times people use specific numbers in a way that is not believable. Like they say, our d app has been downloaded this many times and then they make it, which is a believable claim, but then they jump to, and our people have lost a total of 4,628 pounds combined. And it's like, how did you know that? And, or, or they make a claim where immediately this red flag goes off and it's like, well, how there's no way that you could have known. So it feels like they just pick the number out of thin air Make sure that when you're being specific, it doesn't sound like you're just picking numbers out of thin air. Yeah, and don't make stuff up with, with things that you can get nailed for. I mean, yep. just don't. Okay, the third thing to use specificity in the benefits department is dealing with objections. Sometimes the best way to deal with an objection is to bring it up and answer it before the prospect even has chance to voice it or think it. Now, this doesn't always work, but it does more often than it doesn't. A specific answer to an objection works one hell of a lot better than a general one. So let's say you're selling solar panels. What do you think the number one objection is going to be? Oh, man, that sounds expensive. Right. That's probably what it is. So compare these two statements. If you think these solar panels are too expensive, you should actually know that they're a very good deal. <laughs> oh, yeah? <Okay>. Says who? <laughs> oh, you, because you're getting a commission on the sale. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. How about this one? If you think these solar panels are too expensive, I want to point out that they're very good investments. They can pay for themselves in as little as six years. And after they do, your electricity is essentially free. Mm. Of course, that second one with all the specifics is a much stronger answer to the objection than the first one. 
And it sounds believable. Yeah. I mean, I, I researched these things too. You know, six <laughs> years is, is actually the soonest, but I did say as little as six years, mm -hmm. but it's the soonest you can get a complete ROI to pay for it. All right. So any anything before I recap? Just that all of these have been great examples. And I think that one of the big problems that I see in a lot of people's copy is the vagueness and the kind of like weasel words or wiggle room that they leave themselves. And a lot of times I, I don't think that people realize how much credibility is sacrificed by not narrowing in on these specific details. Yeah, I, I mean... This is a little vulgar, so if there are any kids listening, you want to skip past this part. But I just had a vision of all these people in a class learning copywriting, and the the teacher is leading them in a cheer. Know your shit. Know your shit. Know <laughs> your shit. Because because you. <laughs> okay. Wait, um, you're like Y O U R or Y O U apostrophe. No apostrophe. <laughs> no, this is not a self-esteem flattening exercise. This is about research, knowledge. Um, but great question. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's recap. The first category, personal experiences, frustrations, fears, and annoyances. You want to drill down on those. Second one, life day in, day out. Zero in on the life of your target prospect. Put specifics and case studies and add some specifics to a transformation. And third, the benefits of your offer, specifics and bullet points, use statistics to prove benefits and answer objections with specific benefits. And the book again is Making Ads Pay by John Caples. Hat tip to Doug Deanna for alerting me to this on Twitter in a post. And uh, I think that's what I got to say today. Nice. We will have a link to get the uh, Making Ads Pay book in the show notes for this episode, as well as a link for David's book, The Persuasion Story Codes. And is that that's the right name, right? Well, it's it's one code, but it's a lot of different stories. So Persuasion gotcha. Story Code. Yeah. Persuasion Story Code. We'll have links to both of those in the show notes. If you want to get the show notes, head on over to Copywriters Podcast. Com. While you're there, make sure that you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. And until next time, we will catch you later. Catch you later. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. Are you getting tired of using the hero's journey in your sales copy over and over again? My book, The Persuasion Story Code, will help you put together stories that convince your prospects and resolve their objections. If you are a copywriter, you'll appreciate that every single one of the 25 kinds of stories in this book have been proven time and time again in profitable sales copy. But I've also used these kinds of stories to close five and six figure deals for my own business and so have many of my clients. These stories are easy to create and easy to tell. They sound like ordinary conversation, but they are all designed and proven to lead to a yes. 
you can get the Persuasion Story Code on Amazon.com. So get your copy today. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.